Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan, what's up? This doesn't sound like our normal intro. No, it's a little bit different. It feels different. Feels a little bit different. That's because today is our first episode in a series that we're doing in partnership with the Accounting Business Expo. It's nice to have a good partnership. It is. Uh, you may hear us talk about it on the episode, uh, but I just thought, good idea. Let's, let's just give them a little bit of a shout out here and uh, let people know what it's about. Yeah, so uh, hit us up with some of those sweet details. So essentially, Tim, it's held in Darling Harbour at the Convention I- Centre. ICC. Yep. Uh, on the 20th and 21st of March. Mm-hmm. It is free to attend as long as you register uh, before the 19th of March. I think that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, really, that's right. So, with so everything you're going to see. Literally, if you register up until the day before the event, you can go for free. Wow. What's at the event, Tim? Uh, so we have... I believe there's a whole bunch of different conferences like uh, Beyond Disruption, Business and Finance, SMSF Now, Business Advisors, Tax Today, The Progressive Bookkeeper, Financial Planning Next, and then there's uh, actually a whole heap of software providers that are going to be there as well. Yeah. Um, so it's a really good place to network with them, figure out what they're doing in the future, um, and network with other professionals in the industry. Yeah, that's right. And uh, one other thing I like, Dan, is you get CPD hours for this too. You do, Tim. You do indeed. Free but CPD. That's got to be on Tim's hard ass tips, eh? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree, Tim. It is great. It's a tight ass tip, but also uh, it's just a great event. So head on down there. Uh, hopefully you're inspired by the interviews that we've got over the next four weeks or so. Uh, with guest speakers from the event and uh, head in, register, go visit, enjoy yourself. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, my name's Dan Osborne. I'm Tim Garth. And with us, we have Andrew Vanderbeek. G'day, Andrew. Hello, hello. How you going? I'm good. I'm, I'm wondering, do you guys do that intro live every time? <laughs> I, I, reckon, I, I reckon you definitely should. <laughs> we, we get that question a lot, actually. Um, the answer's no. We have it recorded, and we just hit play right at the beginning. I can never. I could have brought it a three-part harmony to that. It would have been magic. <laughs> we should. We should record it live more often. Yeah. Um, I, I can never. I can never really hold back the laughter when it's playing. It's, especially yeah. when we have other people on the podcast, and they're probably hearing it for the first time. <laughs> so we think, oh yeah, we listen to this all the time, but don't think how stupid it is until other people hear it with us. Uh, Well, we have Andrew on today because this is an episode that we're doing in partnership with the Accounting Business Expo, Yeah, uh, which is coming Mm -hmm. up in a couple of weeks. It's on the 20th and 21st of March in Sydney. That's right. And so we're partnering those guys, uh, doing a few uh, interviews with some of the guest speakers and some of the softwares that will be presenting there. And uh, yeah, just leading into the event, uh, demonstrating... What's going to be there, basically? I tell you what, though, pretty keen to speak to Andrew today, Dan, because he is the 2018 accounting thought leader. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, I don't know if you know this. We we had uh, 
we had Trent McLaren on uh, probably six months ago, and uh, he yes, was the 2017 guy, guy. thought leader. But uh, at, you know, we're, we're glad that at least this year it was an accountant that uh, became the accounting <laughs> thought leader. <laughs> there's definitely, there's definitely. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Trent. Nah, we are uh, too. He's some amazing stuff. He's a good dude. But yeah. I, I definitely love to give him a ribbing to say it's about time an accountant won this award. <laughs> yeah. At least I actually know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we gave him a little rib as well. But uh, yeah, you know, he's a great bloke. Uh, but today we have got the, uh, the, the thought on. leader of the year kind of like outfit prime though, because um, the two of us, are, um, you know, we're a little bit portly. Um, we've got <laughs> a bit of beard stubble going on. I've got quite a quite a large beard. Friends got a bit going on there, and we're a big fan of ripped jeans. So we figure if you've got ripped jeans, uh, you're slightly overweight, and you've got a beard, you're probably in line to become a thought leader. That's <laughs> awesome. I don't know what to work towards for this year, eh? Yeah, I'm going to take some scissors some to my jeans. There's some you guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dan, you're halfway there. You just need to grow a beard. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Thanks, Tim. Thanks for that. Uh, so yeah, we've got uh, Andrew on today. He's going to be chatting about uh, a little bit what he's going to be talking about at the expo, but also just uh, chatting about uh, accounting and small business in general. We've got a few things to chat about a bit later on. Uh, yeah. To start with though, Tim, uh, what, what is, is the, the Tim and Dan Low? Now that actually, Andrew, is live. <laughs> Thank you, mate. And uh, and we we pick every week who's going to go high and who's going to go low. Uh, today, Tim Excellent. was high. Took us a while to sync that who was going to go low and high. Yeah. We definitely stuffed that up a few times. Uh, Tim, what's the Tim and Dan though? What have you been up to this week? Uh, this week, I just wanted to mention the weather. Bloody hot. I don't know about you down there, Andrew. Down in Victoria, right? Well, yeah, look, it, this, the weather this week has been standard Melbourne, like a couple of days of perfect, and then it absolutely shat itself today. Like I was in a, in a meeting with a client, looked out the window and couldn't see anything because it was just rain, heavy, no heavy rain. Really? And now it's beautiful sunshine again. Oh, wow. Four seasons in a day. That's, that's, that's awesome. how we roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think at, at the moment here, it's about 36 outside right now, Oof. boiling hot. Yes. Uh, we yeah. were out around lunchtime and yeah, it was, uh, it was stinking. Just sweaty. Sweaty weather. Yeah, it is sweaty weather. It's just, but it's the hottest summer I can remember. I'm not sure what it's been like down uh, Melbourne way, Andrew, but this summer has been sweltering up here. Um, mm. north it's been, yeah, it's definitely been warm. I was, I was in South Australia over the Christmas break when it was like crazy hot. We had like, I was kind of in semi-rural South Australia. It was like 46 degrees for like Oof. three days straight. Yeah, it I remember was, that. ridiculous. I think we actually spoke about, there was news uh, about a guy in Adelaide <laughs> who, had a, who had the pub that was, uh, as the temperature got hotter, he set prices cheaper until he set oh. some m magical limit that at 45 degrees, he'd make all beer free, never thinking it would get to that point. <laughs> And oh, uh, no. yeah, and it did. <laughs> he, he had lines yeah. around the block. Yeah, how good is that? Wow! Uh, I just love his thought process. There, the hotter it is, the more people are going to be in the pub having a beer. So yeah. I'll make the prices a little bit cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Supply and demand. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's got it back to front, really. Yeah. yeah. So he well, had a just think of the marketing exposure he's got now, though. So yeah, like, exactly. people now know that. That's that guy. Uh, he might be broke, but it's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. What about you, Dan? You got a Tim and Dan low? Um, yeah, my week has been busy. I go to Japan in a couple of weeks, so it's a lot of nice. going home and uh, planning the trip and looking at ski passes and accommodation and all that kind of stuff. So apart from work, it's just been a lot of uh, a lot of Japan planning, hmm. which I'm keen on. 
How about uh, how about you, Andrew? What have you been up to? What's the Andrew Lowe? Mate, my the Andrew Lowe. Uh, the, or, <laughs> can I, maybe I'll call it the Vanderlow. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Be, be my surname, the Vanderlo. Love it. Uh, my week has been interesting. I, I was very unwell last week, but I also oh, no. couldn't take time off work because I uh, took Monday off for Super Bowl, which was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that so why you're unwell? I was kind of struggling with the man flu side of things, but then oh, no. my wife had a hen's party my sister's getting married so they had a hen's party on saturday so i was in inverted commas daddy daycare and i don't like that phrase because <laughs> i look after the kids all the time but it, it yeah. worked but uh, i had a full saturday sunday of just me and the girls which was um a lot of fun i got like a two-year-old and a five-year-old and they're really really fun until they're not uh, and then they're absolute terrors as most two and five-year-olds are that's awesome. Yeah. So amongst running and accounting practice, you're also uh, looking after a growing family. So that's very cool. I'd like to say they're looking after me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you got the dad bod down pat. So uh, yeah, all over it. All over. I've got about two of them, I reckon. <laughs> uh, classic. Oh, nice one. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, Tim. Uh, what's the business update this week? Yeah, business uh, update. You had a good one, Dan. I, I have one. Uh, a couple of years ago, and I don't know if you saw this, Andrew, but a, a couple of years ago there was some research done and an, an article came out saying that uh, there are more people named John and I think it was Peter that are CEOs of ASX 200 companies than there are women, and that's individually. So there are more Johns than women wow. and there are more Peters than women. <laughs> and so mm, it's a terrible stat. Not a good stat. Um, but it was recently updated uh, and things didn't get better. They got worse. Uh, there are now also Ooh. more Andrews than women. <laughs> oh, come on now. Come on. You have to do that when I'm here. Come on now. <laughs> oh, my God. So I started my career with KPMG. Yeah. And oh. when I was a cadet there, we kind of went on. Everyone who started, like the grads and the cadets, went to Sydney for this two, three-day thing and whatnot. And mm. um, it was like the most common name there was Andrew. And there was literally about 60 <laughs> of them. It was just crazy. Maybe it's part of their hiring policy. It's really important at KPMG. We need more Johns, Peters, Andrews. <laughs> it's just CEOs. Yeah, get those biblical names out there. <laughs> My brother's name's Andrew and he's currently at EY doing like an internship over the summer. Um, I feel sorry for him. So yeah, so they brought in they brought in another Andrew, more Andrews. Uh, and yeah. uh, my dad is a CEO and his name's John. So there we go. You know, they're just filling out the list, just going down the list. There you go. I wonder, I, I wonder how many. So that, that report is that like like ASX listed or like high level things, or is that just people who consider themselves a CEO? Because I know a lot of people who call themselves CEOs yeah, when yeah. they're not really CEOs. They just like the whole title thing. Uh, I think it was uh, companies in the ASX top two hundred. Wow. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Well, I know Practice Ignition is, is doing a big push in terms of, uh, at the moment, recognizing um, yes. females in the accounting space. Yeah, and they've been I've doing that, that for a couple cool. of years now. I know Brooke, Brooke Holmes out there is kind of rolling with that this year. And um, it seems to be a, a lot of, there's a lot of great people out there that you just don't quite realize until people say, what about that person? And you realize, holy crap, they're actually quite amazing. You just yeah. you're never exposed to it because we're quite kind of trapped in our own little space sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like we're um, that way focused either, but... We haven't actually had a female guest on the show yet. So we are looking forward to having Kylie Parker Ooh, on. Yeah, um, we've got Kylie Parker on uh, I know, coming it's, up. And, and awesome. It's not something we even realized. We we're like, oh my God, we've got to change this as mm. soon as possible. So um, yeah, it's good to have Kylie coming on the show. But, uh, right. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a, a, a craps tap that we saw in the business update this week. Mm. Tim, did you have a business update? I do. Actually, um, you might have seen this one, Andrew. It was um, uh, on Accountants Daily. I get a lot of my... 
Uh, interesting news from there. But there was a guy in North Bendigo, not too far from you, I suppose. A couple of hours. Yeah, um, about three hours, yeah. Yeah, so he uh, was recently in court um, and fighting uh, an ATO fine because uh, he had overdue tax returns that were unlodged for about six years. And uh, mm-hmm. he didn't accept those six charges of failing to lodge an income tax return because, quote unquote, he was uh, a human being who waives his right to be recognized as a person. <laughs> so what he was trying to do there was try to say uh, he's not a resident because he doesn't consider himself a person <laughs> under human rights laws. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. And therefore he is not legally required to lodge a tax. Exactly good, good right. Day, mate. That's, I mean, credit to him. Oh, but it's in saying that, like, so he gets out of paying some tax if this ever was successful right it failed yeah of course it failed but let's say it did yeah then he's stripped of everything else <laughs> just everything yeah sorry mate. you kind of a driver's you know, license all that, that you know medicare you don't get medicare yeah, exactly. anymore and all these things you don't get it because you're not a person <laughs> all those human rights that everyone's fought for over hundreds yeah. of years he's he just, just like he wants to throw it in i don't want to pay any tax six six years of unlodged tax returns <laughs> Uh, that's funny. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Uh, it was um, a, all over a fine of six thousand dollars plus. Six thousand dollars. That's all it was over. Yeah. Just pay the six thousand dollars. Yeah. So um, it was thrown out because uh, Dr. King must have been the judge presiding over the case. That that would make a mockery of the law. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, that's classic. Well, you know what I say to that, Tim. <laughs> It's another thing we didn't tell you about, Andrew. We have sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent. We've got a vast array of tools at our disposal here. Uh, yeah. I like it. I like it. This is very professional. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's the end of your yeah, business update, Yeah, that's my Jim? business update. Andrew, do you have anything to add to that? Or do you want to... Uh... I, I might, actually. I yeah? was actually just thinking... So, I, I play a bit of basketball. Uh, right. I had a couple of games last night. I had some bloke giving me crap because he said I didn't have hair. So, that's why I was no good. But uh, besides that... <laughs> At the end of the game, I was chatting with one of my mates who I play, and he's a used car salesman. And we just got on the topic of this Royal Commission thing. And I didn't even realize, but used car salesmen are currently one of the heaviest hit people as a result of this whole finance thing. And I was like, well, explain to me. He's like, well, like for for people to come and buy a used car, they're often getting finance, which banks are not doing now, Mm. or they're tapping into the equity of their home, which they're not getting access to. So. Sometimes I'm often thinking of like these people who are impacted, like mortgage brokers and yeah. first homeowners and all yeah. these things. You've got people who are just trying to buy a family car who all of a sudden don't have it. And then you've got these wow. used car yards who last year were selling, you know, 20, 30 cars a month who are now selling seven or eight cars a month and potentially struggling to put food on the table because wow. people just can't, get can't afford to buy. A, like So the hot topic car for them, under $10,000 hatchback. All these people are trading in their like four territories oh. and buying a Kia Rio. And that's nice. that's how they're turning turning cars at the moment. So I was really interested to see that impact at that level. Wow, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how many different ways it impacts when there's decisions like that handed yeah. down, um, and you don't even know about it for a year or two, and then all of a sudden an industry has almost collapsed, <laughs> and yeah. Um, and yeah, the government's like, oops. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. My bad. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try and fix it back up later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good one. one. That's a great like one. It. We we had mm. a big debate last week on uh, on the podcast. Oh, not really a debate, but a, a discussion around uh, around the Royal Commission and some of the recommendations, and specifically the uh, mortgage brokers. 
mm. and, yep. uh, and what's happening there. So yeah, that uh, plays along well to that bit of an update. Yeah, we yeah. Did. Look, I think there's a lot of positive things with the commission, but I think you know it's one of those ones where you want to have room for you know public debate to come around it before they go sure. too gung ho and just yeah. you know enable everything because um, yeah, there's there's always about a thousand sides to any conversation when it gets to that scale. Yeah, some, something that I was a little bit concerned of because it is an election year. You know, these recommendations come out and just seem like they're doing a good mm-hmm. thing. They're just going to jump on every one of them and go, "Yep, perfect, done. Mm-hmm. Look what we did." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel the opposite mm-hmm. with Australian politics at the moment. I just, when I looked at those recommendations, I understood everyone's outrage, but then I thought, well, it's got to pass <laughs> and not much is passing at the moment. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what happens once it goes through politics. Exactly. All right. Uh, so Tim, I think it's about time uh, we move to the main topic. Ah, uh, you're forgetting Tim's Tardust oh, I did. Tips. I always forget Tim's Tardust That's Tips. Right. We can hear that cool Come popping. on, mate. <laughs> I always forget Tim's Tardust Tips. <laughs> This one I thought of specifically for you, Dan. Like you do most weeks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Andrew, I like to kind of suggest that Dan isn't tight ass enough. It's weird. I'm like twisting it because Australian culture doesn't really like tight asses. But I'm trying to bring back <laughs> mm-hmm. the tight assism. I think mm. it's a really good thing to be. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's good to be frugal. Yes. It's good to be frugal. It is good to be frugal. Or at least know how to be frugal. And just Make not the be if you don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> At least know what you're spending if you're spending too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Tim, what's your tip? Okay, this week uh, is about you, Dan, and traveling to Japan. Okay. So, okay. Um, what are you spending money on when you go over there, just out of interest? Uh, accommodation? No, no. Flights? Okay. Food? Let me be more specific. How are you spending money? Do you have a bank card oh, or a okay. travel card? You mean how, are, how am I doing it? Yes, yes. Yes, I have a credit card that has no international fees. Nice, nice. And no uh, transaction fees and no um, foreign currency translation fees. Yes. So yeah. this is my Tardis tip. If you're traveling, find a card um, that will allow you to go overseas and transact without fees because you would not believe the amount of money banks make when you go overseas and on your normal everyday card that doesn't have the discount on it, um, say, pull some cash out mm. from the ATM. Because not only do they charge you a fee to pull the cash out from the ATM, they then charge you a percentage of that fee to convert the money. Yeah, that's right. So this card still yep. does charge you a fee to take money out of an ATM. Yeah. It's, it's like two bucks or something like that, but they don't charge you the um, foreign currency Yes. See. So if you if you're yeah. spending I mean, on that, that fee is charged by the ATM though, right? It's not charged by the card correct, holder. The correct. ATM says we're taking two bucks. That's yeah. right. True. Um, but um, there are some banks um, that will give you a rebate for that ATM fee as well. So mm. Um, mm. on my ING Orange Everyday account, that's mm. one that was touted in the Barefoot Investor. <laughs> but I was on it before the Barefoot Investor. <laughs> so many people come to me, they're like, I'm going to open up an ING account. I'm like, yeah. you just read the Barefoot Investor. Yeah. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah, I've had, I've had a few of those. <laughs> we but... have a lot of those chats too. <laughs> people call me, oh, yeah. you've clearly just read the Barefoot Investor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but the good thing about it is you can pull money out. And, yes. um, and yeah, I guess for anyone thinking about taking cash overseas, mm. Don't get a travel X and do it. You'll actually get a better rate if you can pull it out of an ATM or mm. spend on your credit card. That gives you the daily rate pretty much exactly. Whereas travel X take their cut on the, in the rate. Correct. So, they correct. sure do. Yep. Nice. Good tip, Tim. tip, Tim. Good tip. Uh, all right. Well, now... <laughs> now we can move on to the main topic. 
I just want to in, um, intro Andrew yep. a little bit more. Go for it. Um, just so everyone knows um, where Andrew's coming from. So he's actually the founder and head of purpose at Illuminate Partners, uh, which is based down mm. in Mornington Peninsula in Mount Eliza, to be exact, right, Andrew? Yep. Nice. That's um, where we are. As we, as we mentioned earlier, he won 2018 Accounting Thought Leader of the Year mm-hmm. uh, as an actual accountant, which is very exciting for accountants <laughs> everywhere. Um, uh, on his LinkedIn profile, he has such things noting uh, he is a rebel with a cause. With a cause. And a whiskey enthusiast, which makes me think he might be sipping on a nice whiskey right now. <laughs> I am indeed. I am indeed. I've got a lovely Glenn Farkless 10... Uh, it's a special edition one. So there's Ooh. a club out there called the Whiskey Club where yeah. you, you effectively sign up and every month they send you out a whiskey and they just like take money off your credit card. And, and so this specific Glenn Farkless 10 was uh, was uh, done for the club and it, it is delicious. It's 50% alcohol volume and oh, it's very, very tasty. Oh, beautiful. Do you like a smoky whiskey or, uh, or what? what, what I, so, look, if, if anyone <laughs> out there um, is listening to this and decides, you know what, I really like that Andrew guy, I want to send him a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Thanks for spending his time on a podcast. Um, yeah. And if their name Tina Dan, then I'm perfectly cool with that. Um, but uh, yeah, me, so me. my favourite whiskey is is from a distillery called Highland Park, which is the northernmost distillery in Scotland. It's right up nice. in the Orkney Islands in a place called Kirkwall, and it's kind of you would call it like medium peated. So it's not heavily yes. smoked, but it's mm. not it's not nothing. It's just I don't know. Like I, I, I'll blind taste something, and I'll be like, "Yeah, this is where I'm parking my car. This yeah. is this, this is beautiful." And it's yeah. uh, I'm a big fan. That's awesome. That's cool. The the funny, uh, even though the title of this podcast is called the Two Drunk Accountants, I, I'm not a big drinker myself. I mm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't like beer. I don't like whiskey. Uh, yeah, thanks, Kim. <laughs> uh, <Oops. laughs> so I, I don't like that. Uh, but when Tim's wedding about a year, year and a bit ago. Um, all yeah. us groomsmen were sitting around, and we thought, all right, let's let's bust out some some whiskey here. We all pour yeah. pour some whiskey each, and I reckon one out of five of us were quite happy to drink the entire thing, <laughs> and yeah. the rest mm. took a few sips and went, oh. That's that's well, uh, you got to have the right. So you got to have the strong. right whiskey, especially if you're not used to it. There's yeah. you can go somewhere and you will be like, it just it'll turn you off. And it and and so like you know, if we we spend some time together face to face, I'm like, <laughs> I'll bring a couple of bottles along. We'll do that's a bit awesome. of blind tasting. We'll take you on a journey. We'll see where you go. That sounds oh, good. That sounds good. You could uh, get me away from my apple ciders or my. Uh, Oh man, uh, yeah, my, my Cosmos. <laughs> Cosmos. Dan's, Dan, on Dan's birthday, all of our friends know. Uh, just shout down a Cosmo. That's his birthday present. You know what? That? You be you, mate. You drink whatever you want, yeah, and then true. you can share it with my wife when you're hanging out with her. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, well, actually, that brings up another. Um, that's a good segue, Andrew, because that's something that you. you're uh, quite well known for. I read a, an article which Dan pushed me towards, actually, which was called. Who the bloody hell are you? Yes, it's an article oh, you wrote yes. uh, a couple of years ago, I think, or a year ago. Um, but yeah, we, we, we read through it and we, we thought it was great. It was just all about being you and your business and, and not pretending to be something else and, and the rest will come, really. Mm-hmm. Did, what inspired you to write that? Look, I think if I think back my, my whole life, my whole career, I've always kind of been one of those ones where I, um, I've just not wanted to be judged by appearances or, yep. or, or 
you're an accountant, so therefore you must be, or, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. And I've always wanted to be appreciated for who I am. Um, so I've always had that desire. And sometimes that's a positive thing. Sometimes it's a negative thing. You know, you know, you might take people's opinions too deep or you might care about stuff that you shouldn't care about. But yeah. when I expand upon it um, in the context that I'm talking about it in that article, and, and I guess what I look at it from my from business perspective is um, I talk about like the, the world we live in now. Uh, and it's, it's heavily, there's a lot of tech going on. And we're told out there that we have to go and jump tech and everyone kind of jumps into technology and we use that and sure. we think that's mm. a big differentiator in our business. And and as a result of tech, all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't have to do. And so then, um, you know, specifically in the accounting space, that we yeah. get a whole bunch of like business, uh, you know, kind of like business coaches who do accountant, accounting stuff and technology yes. providers who are like, oh, you, compliance is dead. Therefore, you must do advisory. So true. And so all of a sudden, we've got these uh, these accountants who have never delivered advisory services having to deliver advisory services using like templated technology for it. Mm. And then uh, we're also told that, hey, now what you should also do is you need to get more educated. So then you go and study more and you get letters at the end of your name. And, mm. um, and I kind of break down this whole idea of like, Technology is not a differentiator anymore. It was maybe five or six years ago, but realistically, everyone around the corner is using the same or similar tech. So you can't use that as something to hang your hat on. Yeah. You know, other people can do that. Um, you know, kind of you know, niching, doing that advisory services, maybe niching, particularly in industries, that's all well and good, but I can just jump on Google and figure out how to do that thing in about 35 seconds yeah. and deliver it to a relatively close. You know, obviously there's exceptions here. Yeah. And then the last one, the whole education, the only people that really care about those letters at the end of your name is your mum. And yourself, like no one cares about it these days. So, like, if that's, that's if that's something that can't differentiate, if you can't use that to to leverage your business, and if you can't use that to kind of hang your hat on it, and people will come knocking on your door because of it, well, what can you do? Yeah. And it's the one thing that no one else can do, and that thing is yourself. It is who you are. Definitely. It's your identity. It's the authenticity, the transparency, the honesty that comes with that. And I found within our business, we're quite unique. I mean. I'm the dude with beards and tattoos and drinks whiskeys and, you know, you know, jeans and, you know, T-shirts kind of vibe. That's yeah. kind of our vibe here. Nice. But mm. it's because who we are. Yeah. So it means that I don't have to get out of bed and pretend to be anything. That's I just awesome. get to get go to work and be Andrew, who happens to be a really good accountant. Yeah. And it means I create raving fans and I've got a whole bunch of people out there who know who I am and appreciate me for that. And it also means people who maybe don't want to spend time with me because of that they don't waste their time and they don't waste my time. Yeah. So the whole crux of this is like your biggest differentiator in business, whether you're an accountant or whether you're anything else out there, it's actually who you are. It's your identity. And if you're able to leverage that well, um, you're going to find some incredible results that come out, out of it. Yeah, I think I think that's great advice for, for any bit. And I, I particularly, like, uh, particularly like that part about the, uh, um, uh, what was it? What did you just, uh, particularly Being- like, like Pick- the niching or the educating? Or? Uh, there was a specific specific line that you used about... Um, oh, um, you're Andrew yeah, that's is right. an accountant rather than yeah. an accountant called Andrew. Exactly. Yeah. I specifically like that you line. you probably tell people like, I'm an accountant and everyone's like, oh, okay, now I'm well, that was my next. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that was my next question. And that kind of person. We've all been in a barbecue and someone's asked, you know, you're having a great chat with them actually, you're making a new friend and um, then they ask, oh, so what do you do? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm an accountant. <laughs> there you know I, I love the guys out there who are like, oh, you know what you should do next time you're at a barbecue? And someone asks that, you should say, I, you know, what I do is I transform people's lives. So yes. They can have a yeah. better standard of living that. and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, such a wank. It's, it is. It's not it real. And, it's that, not. And, and that really cuts to what you're talking about because you have to feel 
um, happy with what you're going to tell people. And so I'm, yep. I'm a bit torn because I still haven't thought of something. I'm not that happy telling people I'm an accountant. And I'm also not that happy telling people I transform lives. <laughs> Which, you, you, you play my game. So my game is this. They go, what do you do? I'm like, what do you think I do? And they're like, Ooh. So then they look at you and they're visually judging based on what you look like and maybe based on the conversation. And I get a lot of like, you're a barista, you're a brewer, you're That's a bouncer, cool. like, because I've got that kind you're of You're a bouncer. <laughs> you're, you know, sometimes you're a graphic artist, you know, maybe yeah, you're, nice. like, you're like, you're a, you're a computer programmer. I think be, the, the more weight I put on, people think that one, I think. But, um, <laughs> but no one ever chooses accountant. No one ever chooses anything in professional services. Mm. And that means when I get to come back and them say, well, actually, I run a, an accounting firm down in Mount Eliza um, where, you know, zero partner of the year, we're top 50 accountants in, in Australia as opposed to, uh, you know, from Hubdoc's perspective. Yeah. Um, and we're all about getting our, helping our clients to get out of bed every day and devote their time to what they value the most. And I have an absolute blast doing it. And they just fall over themselves going, are you kidding me? And <laughs> yeah, they're like, I wasn't that just expecting that. <laughs> so much easier to have relationships and conversations. That's really cool. I'm going to test that out next time, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, but I, I yeah, think excellent. it's... It's, it was particularly interesting for us, I think, because um, we've worked together for the better part of 10 years. Um, when we first started at the firm that, that, that we're at, uh, yeah, it was very much, you know, your traditional accountant. You know, you mm -hmm. wear the, you get your pants and your nice shirt. And as you were talking about in the article, you're clean shaven. Yeah. Um, you're looking yep. very professional, you know, inverted commas. You know, that's, that's what you're meant to look like. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, as we've grown older and, and you know, um, it's 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 become more evident that we need to be us, and so yeah. over the past few years, the, you know, our, our firm's taken a pretty big yeah. change, I guess, in in its in its brand and its look, and and uh, definitely, I think we're better for it. You know, you oh, know, we, we well, you don't have to walk around pretending you're something. You you as you said, you're you're Andrew, who happens to be an accountant. And the best thing is, yeah. you just you're just happier for yeah. it. <laughs> you know, like you said, mm -hmm. you're not switching into work mode. Or, the, um, the mental benefits from that is just phenomenal. Exactly. Like you, yeah. you, you look at like I look at my team here, and and they know that they can be themselves, and that means if they're not feeling well, they can be that person. If they're feeling yeah. great, they can be that person, and yeah. that's actually an acceptable thing. Um, I, I use a quote in the, in that in that um, kind of I don't know if it's on the article article, but when I do a presentation on the topic, it's an Oscar Wilde quote that says, "Be yourself. Everyone else is taken." Yeah. So why, why are you trying to be anything that you're not? And, and awesome. it's this whole idea of like, another one to throw out there is like, be careful um, who, you, who, um, who you say you are, you might forget who you really are kind mm, of thing. Like if yeah. we're putting this mask on, you might forget who you actually are and all of a sudden you become someone different that Very doesn't cool. reflect who you are and you, we get to lose the magic of who that person is and we just get another copycat, another, another you know, kind of replica out there that's not really doing all that much for the benefit of our industry and our community and our friends and families. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, that's great advice for any any business. You know, you, you should be, mm -hmm. you know, um, leveraging, as you said, what you are, and then using these, you know, advances in technology, or you know, for an accountant, these advisory services and things like that, as a tool to further that, yeah. not as a yes. differentiation on its own. You know, you're using those things as tools for, you know, your brand of accounting or your brand of whatever it is that you happen to do. Yeah, um, I think it's yeah. a great advice for anyone. So. Segwaying into your topic at the expo, Andrew, advisory mm -hmm. beyond yeah. numbers. And we won't go into too much detail because they're spoilers. We don't want to spoil yep. things for the people <laughs> who are listening that are going to the expo in Sydney. Um, but yeah, does, do you, is your presentation on that going to have some of that influence of bring yourself into the equation, um, not just numbers or 
templated yeah. advice, like yeah. you said before. Uh, a little bit, yeah. So I guess I, what what I've what I'm doing with this um, particular presentation is I really I'm bringing out a story um, that I've been a part of um, as a result of something that one of my clients and I got involved in together. And um, I'm kind of what I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to challenge this whole idea of the trusted advisor. You know, are you okay. are you really a trusted advisor? Who says you're a trusted advisor? Mm. What even is a trusted advisor? Mm. And and what does that actually look like? And then in, what I'm planning on doing is within that that this whole conversation around what that looks like is just intertwining a story um, that I have that in in one of my opinions is one of the 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 most pivotal moments where I realised how important relationships are in a professional in, um, services industry. Um, uh, and the, the short of it is, and this is very, very clickbaity, but it's it's the day I saved a client's life <laughs> yeah. um, by asking a question. And I very and it sounds crazy, um, and it is a little bit crazy, but there's this whole idea of like we're accountants and we're often dealing with numbers and money and, you know, it's quite an emotional thing and, yeah. and, and whatnot. But if all we're doing is talking about numbers, are we really missing the point here? Yeah. If we're taking the time to ask the right questions, yeah. imagine what could actually happen. Um, mm, so that's so the whole idea of the crux of this this conversation that I, that I want to be bringing and telling a couple of stories throughout that in a way that hopefully opens up a bit of, bit of um, kind of self-reflection for the people who are going to be there to say, okay, cool, well, what, what does that actually mean to me? Because, um, you know, people tell us we're trusted advisors and, and I challenge this. There's a bunch of other accounts out there and, you know, we, we recognize that we are trusted, but um, I'm not sure about you guys when you meet um, new clients, but whenever I meet clients, one of the questions I ask them is like, so tell me, tell me what you want in an accountant. You yeah. know, if in like, say For five sure. years time, you're, um, you're sitting around a bar with a mate and your mate's, you know, bitching and moaning about he, how he ha hates his accountant. <laughs> what would make you grab him by the scruff of the neck and drag him to my office and say, this guy has changed my life. You need to spend time with this business. Yeah. And the number one thing they say is I want my accountant to have my best interest at heart. Mm. And what that tells me is that they haven't experienced that before. Yeah. So that's why I challenge this whole of idea of trusted advisor is that, well, if I'm hearing more people saying effectively, I feel like my accountant is not trustworthy, then <laughs> where are the trustworthy ones? And what are we actually doing? And how do you create that kind of environment where you are a trusted advisor and not just trying to make money out of calling yourself one? For sure. That shouldn't be the purpose of being an accountant. Um, that flows if you do a good job and do gain the trust and have the client's interest mm. at heart. Yeah, no. Mm. Yeah, well, that sounds really interesting. Um, um, I guess we'll uh, come and check out your presentation on the day. That'll be uh, good <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I'll be doing that. I'll I'll be jumping in a couple of sessions as well with Receipt Bank, talking some things around um, like people, personnel, like you know, finding talent, that kind of side of things, looking after your people, yes. as well as the whole idea of starting with the end in mind. You know, like yeah. if you're going to go and start something. Like, what's the end look like before you go and start something? So I'm, I'm looking forward to those uh, kind, of, kind of conversations as well. It'll be really fun to kind of see other people's perspectives too. Yeah, that's cool. Actually, those are some of the other points we thought so as not to um, spoil your content for the show. <laughs> I was going to ask some Thank of you. those questions that relate to accounting practices, but also to business owners because we do have a lot of small business owners that listen to this podcast too. Um, so mm. like you said, they're finding the right staff. I mean, that's one of the number one challenges, I guess, isn't it in business, especially in you know, tying this back to, um, what we spoke about at the start about, you know, your best asset is you Well, then uh, if, if you're the owner yeah. of this business and the best asset is what you and you do, then how do you extend that to your, 
employees with letting them be them as well, but having that fit into, you know, the umbrella of your business. Yeah, look, that's a really fantastic point. And, and one of the things that I, I definitely talk about a lot is, is this whole identity thing. And, and so like Illuminate, we're an accounting business. There's a team of nine of us. We're looking for more people if there are any accountants out there. <laughs> um, and, but we, we struggle to find people. This is this yeah. is a business who is recognised in the cloud community as one of the leaders in there, and we've been looking for people for a month, and we've had three people apply, really? which yeah. just blows my mind. So people people is really hard, but when it when it comes down to this whole identity thing, my whole goal in this business is effectively to make myself redundant. I, I speak to yeah. my people here and I tell them that this is not my business. I'm just happen to be the caretaker of it, and one day it will be their business. Because if I'm just running this thing for myself, I'm I'm not paying attention to what makes business beautiful. And what makes mm. business beautiful is the interaction with other people mm. and how like you can be influenced and, and you can learn things from no matter who that person is, no matter how experienced or inexperienced they are. They all can bring insight into it. Now it's a challenge to do that in a in a positive way where people feel empowered and whatnot, but um, you know the illuminate you know brand and, and identity and who we are um, yes it might strongly reflect who I am because I guess I'm at the end of the day the guy who makes that decision mm. but we're incredibly inclusive to ensure that our people are on board with that in terms of like so twice a year we take time out of the office for a day or three and we revisit through like our values and what do we stand for? Does anyone here want to challenge that? Do we need to change something? Nice. Are we living up to those things? Does this, is this something that you want to be here forever or is this just something you're looking at in a transaction? And, and one of the big things is, is Andrew just running away with his ego and just doing the Andrew thing and not allowing <laughs> our people to be amazing, which, yeah. which is like the crux of this. Like we're only be going to be good as, I can't remember who it is that speaks. It's this whole like weak link idea. So you've got strong links and weak links and your business can either be one that's driven by your strongest link, i.e. you've got your big salesman who makes things successful or you can have a business that's that's by your weak link, which which means, you know, the weakest person on the team um, and all you need to do is improve that. And um, mm. uh, I'd love to kind of have that approach where everyone is able to con uh, be contributing to what we do and we don't have to rely on, you know, the one or the two people at the top to kind of play the rainmaker. And it's pretty brave doing that too because you're letting go of your baby and the thing that you created and, and set from the beginning. Um, but I guess, uh, like you said, knowing where you want to end up with your business is, is going to help you because you start to feel and attach emotions to the future. Mm. And, uh, and so letting go of some of the minor things or culture setting in your business is, is really easy to do when you know that it's going to achieve um, that future business that you want to grow. So, mm. yeah. Well, you've got to understand what's important. And, and one of the key approaches we take when we work with our clients and we predominantly work with businesses, like our wise, we want our clients to get out of bed every day and devote their time to what they value the most. Mm. Now, to help us to understand that, we ask the Illuminate Golden Question. And it's, if you could do one thing tomorrow, regardless of time, money or location, with no restrictions at all, when you get out of bed, what would you do? And most people can't answer that because they feel a bit selfish. Oh, no, I can't say that, you know, or, you know, I can't talk about myself. And, and some people maybe are good at it, but it's, it doesn't have to be a work thing. It can be a personal thing. It's really yeah. a bucket list and, and it chops and changes. Some people are like, oh, I'd just take the dog for a walk on the beach. Other yeah. people are a bit more extravagant. They pack the family in the plane and they go to Disneyland or, you know, go cruising through Europe for like mm -hmm. three months. And, and it ranges everywhere. But for me, 
I'd open a whiskey bar if I could do anything tomorrow. <laughs> so I recognize <laughs> for me, like I want to build a business that helps me to open a whiskey bar tomorrow. Nah. And what we say with our clients is once you can answer that question and you can be confident with that, that should drive your decision making, mm. which means when Andrew's sitting here and going, oh, we're about to go and hire a new team member or we're going to provide a new service or we're going to um, take on this client, I need to be looking at it from a perspective of does this get me closer to or further away from that whiskey bar? <laughs> and if it takes me further away from it, am I happy with the distance that's being created? And that for us, it just makes decision making so much easier because it, mm. it makes it personal and it actually gives more purpose behind why you're doing it as opposed to, Oh, I've just got to increase the bottom line. Like, why the yeah, hell are you doing it? You have yeah. no no understanding or reasoning why you're doing that. Yeah, I think that's a that's a crucial part of of business planning. Essentially, you know, you you should start with the why. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And yep. then set goals to get to that why. And they do um, have to be personal yep. and business goals. Yeah, personal and business. You know, if if the reason yep. uh, why you're waking up every morning is because you want to build an empire, well, then brilliant. You know, <laughs> focusing on uh, on those kind of things would work. But mm. if you if your goals I want to spend time with my family, well, then you're going to need mm. your business goals to be able to deliver that. Yep. And you might still want to build an empire, but at the same time, what what are you building an empire for? Yeah. Why are you building that? Like I, I had, a, I had a client a while ago that we, we no longer work with. Um, and like he was so adamant that he wanted to buy this house in this ex incredibly expensive neighborhood. And it had to have like an arch driveway. You know, it had to have the whole like cask going from one. And like, and I'm really like, why is that? And he's like, well, I want to be able to park all of my expensive cars in there so mm. people can see how rich I am. Uh. And I went, well, you like in my head, I'm like, well, you can fuck off right now. <laughs> if that's what you're about, you're not going to fit with what, uh. how we operate. Because at this business, we operate at, a, at like we go beyond the whole. All I want is wealth, and I want people to just yeah. like yeah. review 100%. me because I have money. Because yeah. I look at that and I go, come on, man, you can go deeper than that. Let's yeah. let's be more. But unfortunately for this particular person, that's just who they were. And look. They are an incredibly successful like person. Their yeah. business is incredible. I have learned so much just watching and being connected with them. But I also look at that and go, I don't think I could ever do business with you because <laughs> you would just be ruthless yeah. in everything you do without caring about the repercussions of that. Hmm. Yeah, it is. Some, and that's this is something that again ties in with um, you know being you in your business and that being the differentiator is that at the same time, you know, you're going to need to be dealing with people who fit that, you know, the same way you said at the beginning, there's going to be clients that are going to want to work with you because of that. And there's going to be clients who don't want yep. to work with you. But on the flip side, there's going to be clients you don't want to work with because of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. And, and, it's you know, give and, you a clear picture of, and of what doesn't yeah, fit for you. It's, it's a lesson for any, you know, for anyone in business that, you, you know, um, most people who are starting a business or have a business, people, you know, they get an inquiry, they're going to take every job that comes their way. Yeah. Um, but that's not always mm -hmm. the best option, um, especially if, if you are it's leading. potentially the worst yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. All right. So we've got, um, with that whole like taking on clients, we have, yeah. it's for clients and for team members, we've got four rules here and we call them our immutable laws. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike McCallooks wrote a book called The Pumpkin Plan and he talks a bit about there. I'm sure other people have kind of written about it as well. Mm. And it's really just one of the four rules that we are non-negotiable here. Cool. Like if you breach them, you're out, whether you're uh, a, a client, a team member, it doesn't matter what. And the first one is no dickheads. So we have a no dickhead policy nice. and we kind of have our own definition of what a dickhead looks like. The second is have a heart. 
heart. We want to work with people who care. We don't we don't want to work. We don't care about people having to give all their money away. But if you're mm. taking advantage of people or or operating mm. in a space where it's all about you and you're not taking into account other people's opinions, then mm. that doesn't work. We want to laugh a lot. We want to have good relationships. We want to enjoy our time. And we tell our clients because there will be one point in time we will stuff up. We will do something wrong and we will make a mistake. But if mm. we have got a good relationship, you'll give us some grace in that and you'll allow us to fix that. Yeah. And the last one, which is the most important, is we want our clients and we want our people to speak truth and life. Because if we're not mm. speaking truth, how can we help people? How do we know where they're really at? How can we actually yeah. um, provide them the financial information, get the document lodged, you know, give them the advice they need without knowing what's truly going on? And that whole life thing is, yeah, you might be down the dumps business might not be well good but what's the plan where are we heading yeah. or things might be amazing but let's just be real let's not get away let's not get away from ourselves let's just understand that this is a great patch we're in right now but let's be honest about what the future still could look like mm. yeah um, Dan, I've got some bad news, mate. Uh, the podcast, the same <laughs> uh, Tim... podcast is just instigated a no dickhead policy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was about to make the exact same joke, Tim. You beat me to it. Yes, I did. So, so who's going to host next week? If you two guys are going to go then. Yeah. <laughs> well, Andrew, you're in. Hey, he said we're both Snap. gone, Dan. Right? Yeah. <laughs> He's dishing it back. He's dishing it back. Uh, uh, that's um, funny. Andrew, all right. So I've got a couple more um, I suppose you would call them like hot words that you hear mm. in the accounting industry that are also relevant to small business. Um, I thought I'd just throw them at you. Um, some of them probably aren't hot words, but just, just, I just want to know, you know, in, in say a minute, what's your thoughts on this? So, uh, the first one is outsourcing. Very interesting topic. And this one is something that we've been discussing a lot because there are, there are a lot of accountants out. I don't know what you guys do, but there's a lot of, lot of accountants out there at the moment who are now outsourcing a bulk of their work. Essentially, they're just a front for outsourcing all their compliance, a lot of their work. Um, and it's not something that not we saying, do. Yeah, it's not. we don't do it. Not saying it's... I'm, look, I'm not putting my opinion out there as to whether it's bad or good, mm. but yeah. But just, we're all for outsourcing uh, support and you know non-essential admin functions things like that that are just taking up people's time in the office that could be working on more productive things yes we're all for outsourcing that but re really kind of in the accounting industry outsourcing of compliance or the actual work that um you know a client might think you're the one doing yeah yes i think look outsourcing is always going to be hot topic Yes. Um, you know, Australia has definitely got a culture of, and actually I think every country I've ever visited has very much like that patriotic culture where we want to look after our own and we want to, mm, sure. we want to support our own and those things. However, however, we also have this culture of, yeah, but I don't want to have to pay for it. So yeah. it contradicts things a lot of the time is like, well, we recognize that like for things to get done, it, it's, there's a cost, but I actually don't want to pay for that cost. Mm. So, so what does that mean? What, what does that mean? We do, where, where, where are we put there? Does that mean we have to deliver a, a below pass service? Or does that mean we have to find ways to be able to afford that? Now we we don't we don't um, outsource, and by outsource I'm referring to offshore. I mean outsourcing yeah, can yeah, be literally yeah. passing oh. it to the guy around the corner, and it's got exactly. it's got a whole bunch of realms to do that. Yeah, we we had a crack um, at. at you know, trying the whole offshore thing. We were not prepared for it. We did not do it well. Um, mm. We lost the client as a result of it. Mm. Um, but we were incredibly transparent. And I think if you are down the path of outsourcing things, whether it's locally or, or offshore, um, number one, you must tell people. Because yeah. if they find out, you're yes. risking your reputation oh, sure. and you're risking some real nasty Google reviews coming up. <laughs> yeah. So... 
So okay. I'd say, yeah, so definitely that. I'm, I'm, I'm all for, uh, you know, providing value. So yes. if yeah. you believe yeah. that you can provide the value that your clients desire, and if you can do that, whether it's in-house or whether it's outsourced, yeah. then that's a good decision to make. But sure. the argument I think always is, is have you got the best places, best processes in place? Are you using the best technology? Yeah. Have your systems and policies there? Are you actually sure and understanding of what it is you're there to deliver and then contemplate it? Because if all you yeah. do is you go, I need to do all these things, I'll just get someone else to do it. <laughs> it you're not actually giving it the, the duty of care to make sure it's done well and, and you're not paying attention if people are getting value. Yeah, and you're undermining your own business. What was, I mean, yep. not necessarily building a business that if that outsourced provider then decides to change their pricing or stops providing those services you've built your business around it yeah you, so, you've lost the capability yeah, in-house i guess mm-hmm. um the other thing okay. as well is you know and we've spoken about this in the podcast i guess if if we're finding that you know we're providing some service that the price doesn't align with you know the the customer's perception of the value of that then efficiency is always the first place we look we, yeah. we try and find you know as, as you said it, the technology or the systems or something in-house where we can make that service the same quality but just done cheaper or quicker or whatever it is we need to be done. Yeah. Um, that's always our first port and then it's mm. uh, or how else, you know, we've got this as efficient as we possibly can. Well, we don't kind of believe that's ever a place you can be, but no. <laughs> no. we're constantly improving. But um, yeah, yeah that's, that's always the first step for us, I guess, in, in that funnel. Yeah, and it all does start yeah. with value, what the client yeah, value is. Exactly. So. Yeah. Okay. And you look at the you look at the original outsourcing. The original outsourcing was a client would come to Andrew hmm. and they would see Andrew as their accountant. Andrew didn't do the work. Andrew hmm. gave it to his team. His yes. team did the work. Yeah, but yeah, everyone yeah. thought that Andrew did the work and yeah. everyone wanted Andrew. Yeah. So that's really realistically we've been like kind of having that that like kind of outsourcing process for so long in our industry. Yeah. We're just now having to do it outside the actual four walls of our office and we're using other people to do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting times. Um, okay, next one, niche, niching. You mentioned this uh, before. Uh, it's big, yep. uh, big glory word in accounting, and that's where all the advisors, yep. sort of coaches, talking about. You got to find your niche. So, and this, yep. this applies to any small business too, because it is a good uh, philosophy to have. But uh, yeah, what are your <laughs> thoughts on that? Um, look, I don't have any problem with niching at all. If, however, if you think that's the be all and end all of your business and you're not actually putting any attention into why you're niching, what you're niching and, and you actually know what you're doing, um, I think you've got a problem. I've, I've had uh, a number of clients who have uh, worked with particular people specifically because they, and inverted commas, um, specialize in the industry yeah. um, only to realize that they actually just happen to have two other clients that are in the same industry. So like niching and how you communicate that is, is very important. Now, there are a number of people out there who actually are really damn good at what they do and have realized they can do that really well for like yep. the medical profession or yeah. hospitality and because there are particular things around there. So I don't, I don't have a problem with niching. Yep. I think if you're going to do it, you've got to do it. Um, and you've got to actually commit to that kind of thing. Otherwise, you're kind of telling people you're doing something when you're, you're not really doing yeah. it. It's, it's, it's almost like you've got that fear of, oh, well, if it doesn't go wrong, at least I've got my professional services and my trades and my <laughs> yeah. hospitality clients and I guess my medicos, you know, if that doesn't work, you know, you commit to something if you're going to. Otherwise, there's nothing wrong with being a general practitioner. I mean, yeah. we, we can see ourselves here to illuminate. Like, we, don't, we, we have kind of, 
industries we like to work with mm. and we've got services that we like to provide. But realistically for us, we niche in a personality. Yes. It's a philosophical alignment for us. And yep. I think the key thing that you need is that if you're just saying, I'm going to go work with tradies, there's a bunch of shit brick tradies out there and there's a bunch of good tradies out there. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing to ensure that you're working with the ones you actually need to be working with instead of just a bunch of crap people? Yeah, yeah for sure. So true. Great answer. It is a great Love answer. It. Yeah. So we've, we've got one more. Uh, and this is something that I know we, we discussed when we spoke before. Um, and it's, it's, it's something that most businesses strive to get, something that we've been working for. Um, sustainable growth. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> this, this is my challenge right now. Yeah. I love my business. I love my people in it. I love my clients. I love yep. everything about what we do. But bloody hell, sometimes it's a bum fight. Um, it's hard at times. You're, you're growing with pace. You need to find people. Like I said, we, we're looking for accountants. We've been looking for accountants for a month and we're not finding yeah. people. Mm. And I've been going far and wide and having conversations to, with directly and asking people if they know people. Mm. Like, yeah, sustainable wow. growth is he's like the number one topic in our business. Yeah. Um, at the last two kind of team, team days we've had, we've kind of had this whole like, what are we doing to ensure what we're doing is sustainable? Mm. Because we're picking up a whole bunch of clients that are what I would call ideal clients, but are we doing it in the right way? Are we doing it in the right manner? Are we servicing at the right level? And we, we don't like, we don't lose clients. I'm very, very proud that like we'll lose maybe one, maybe two clients a year, if that, and they won't even, it won't be for any, any reason other than they, you know, maybe shut their business down or something yeah, like yeah, that. But, exactly. but I think this whole sustainability thing is key. Yeah. especially yeah. when you have a, I have a perspective of this is not my business. This is someone else's business. Mm. I'm mistreating my business. If I'm treating it like get, let's get a quick win. Let's yeah. make a couple of bucks and then move on. I'm not paying attention to what my clients really need and I'm just trying to take advantage. So sustainability for me is the number one thing that I, I think keeps me up at night in terms of like, Am I making sure that what I've got in place will be able to be here in five years' time yeah. mm. and we're still delivering the same value and we're still generating quality profits and we're paying our people a good, good, um, you know, kind of good wage and, and benefits and are we giving them a good environment to work in or is this just a flash in the pan? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's something that we see a lot with our, you know, with clients and you, know, you go in for an advisory session and you, you go through all this stuff and you ask, okay, well, you know, what are your goals for your business? You know, you're sitting down with the first session and, you know, they might be sitting on $300,000 a year at the moment. They say this year or next year, I'm going to earn a million dollars. So you're like, you're, you're tripling your business in 12 months. You know, that's not only is that probably not possible um, for that business, but it's not sustainable at growth. But, you know, if, if you don't have your systems in place, if you don't have, um, you know, all of your items in place ready to go with a system that can scale with it, yeah. then, you know, you might get your, th uh, your million dollars in revenue, but soon after you're going to fall apart. Well, yeah. So here's a great example of that. If you don't have good accounts receivable uh, systems, yeah. <laughs> then that's going to be fake growth, isn't it? That yeah, $1 exactly. million dollars of turnover. You might not actually... I have a client that has uh, an incredibly profitable business. Yep. Uh, and like one of the best businesses we have, and they've got the worst cash flow out of all of our clients. Yeah. Uh, specifically because of the industry they're in. And, and it's that, like they're growing, but like they're growing to a point where it's like, hey, if this continues for like another 12 months we might be in trouble. So yeah. we need to like mm. pump the brakes a bit. Yeah, and we do sure. that with our business. We pump the brakes. Like I'm like, we're not going to meet with any new clients right now. So mm. when they call up, we'll be like, hey, we'd love to talk to you, but we're not available for two months. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to talk to us in two months, we can do that. And that's really hard to do 
when mm. you love and you believe in what you do and you sure. want to solve problems, you want to work with people, um, these businesses, it's, it's this wonderful word, the best word in the English dictionary, and it's no. Um, <laughs> and you know, the, the more we learn how to say this word no, the more empowered we are to chase the things we've said yes to. Yeah. But if we just keep saying yes to everything, we're watering down what we've said yes to. True. And we really are not doing anything. That's so true. Yeah, it's definitely... Definitely true. That's cool. all good points. I love this deep stuff. This is, I feel so reflective right we're, now. We're definitely getting into the accounting nerds part of this. You know, <laughs> if, if, I'm definitely I'm definitely a scuba diver. I'm no snorkeler, mate. I'm not at the top. I'm scuba diving right down deep. Uh, that's classic. Uh, so well, good. Unless uh, you've got anything to add to the main topic today, Andrew, I think uh, that probably does with the main part of the chat. We can move on to other things. Absolutely, mate. No, I am good. Let's carry on. All right. Tim, do you have another thing this week? I do. I do. Um, it's actually AFL related. Andrew, you follow the AFL? Or? Uh, I'm much more a, a, an NBA fan. I, okay. I, so I was an Essendon fan. So then when Ooh. all the stuff went down with the Bombers doing dodgy stuff, I, yeah. I fell more in love with the American sports, which to oh. be honest is probably just as bad. Just as bad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a Bombers fan too. Jump, jump back on board. 2019, year of the Bomber. But uh, that's not my other thing. But <laughs> um, Okay. Well, all right. I might use a different other thing um, then with that in mind. This week... I jumped on board the Ben Simmons train. He's my boy. He's oh, boy. <laughs> boy. He's my boy. Okay, okay. You're my boy, Ben. Is, do, you reckon he's, do you reckon he's going to get Rookie of the Year again this year? Yeah. Uh, I hope so. I mean, it's, it's... I'm, so I'm a Utah Jazz fan, and my, my Donovan Mitchell last year was a true rookie, and he was runner-up in Rookie of the Year. Yeah. But Ben Simmons, you know, he was in technically his second year. Second he year, still rookie. Because he had a yeah. boo-boo on his something or other. You could, and, you could, be, a rookie. Last year. You could be rookie for at least five years, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> that Mitchell... That Mitch- I, think, I, think, I think they keep joking. Like, you know, the, the Rookie of the Year for the next next six years is going to be Ben Simmons. We'll yeah. just give it to him. He, <laughs> to be honest, the dude is a freak. Although he, I think he shot his first three-pointer the other day yeah. and missed it. I watched um, it. Oh, I, I saw it. Yeah, it was his second three-pointer attempt of the of the season. It was against the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah. I've got to say, I am not a big NBA fan, but I was watching the other day. It was a good game. I really enjoyed it. Mm. JJ Redick and uh, you got Joel Embiid, JoJo. So I'm on the 76ers as well. On the- <laughs> So, so what I'm hearing is you're a bandwagon, or well. yeah, so I don't know. You used to have the LeBron and the, and the Steph Curry, and now you've gone to like Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. That's cool. That's cool. When, when yeah. it comes to the NBA, I'm a bandwagoner. Well, because Tim's a lifelong just... Essendon supporter, he's used to just being let down constantly. So, so in every other sport, he uh, he jumps on whoever's winning just to get that rush. Right now, who do the... you follow in the AFL then? Uh, no one. I don't watch it. I don't watch it. <laughs> I guess, I'd say the Swans, I guess. Uh, you would usually say the Frio. I, actually, I would normally say Frio because I went to a couple of Frio games when I was a bit younger and they were good. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what, Andrew, my favorite time of the AFL season in my lifetime has been preseason. There's just so much promise and, uh, and hope. <laughs> so uh, oh, I just yeah. don't want the preseason to end, oh, basically. <laughs> I think NBA, massive NBA, Utah Jazz, absolutely love it. Two Aussies that play the team. But I oh, yeah. love the like the preseason, the offseason when there's like the draft and the yes. trades and, and all of a sudden you're kind of looking at what this team's going to look like. You get so excited, you get so excited and, and then you might be let down or maybe you're not. It's just like I think you're kind of left on that cliff yeah. and it's just uh, a really – and we, I guess as accountants, there's a whole bunch of transactions going on. So we get to add <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And, and kind of forecast what it might look like. Yeah, yes. definitely. It's great. Well, that's my other thing. For this All right. Week, well, my other thing is uh, a podcast 
Uh, I don't know, Tim mm. or Andrew, if you know who David Tennant is, you know, switching gear mm -hmm. from sports to uh, yep. sci-fi. Uh, he was yep. the, uh, I think he was the 10th Doctor. He was the Doctor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he has a podcast. It's called uh, David Tennant Does a Podcast With, and he's just interviewing people he knows. So he's done Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, the episode that came out today was uh, Jodie Whittaker, who is the current Doctor. Oh. And uh, yeah, they were having a good chat about what it's like to become the Doctor and <laughs> and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a great He podcast. obviously is not getting the kind of calibre of guests that you guys are getting though, let's no. be honest. Oh, no, I mean, not. Whoopi Goldberg versus yeah. Trent McLaren. I mean, come on, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, you know, th that was a Doctor on Doctor. Uh, today's podcast is Accountant on Accountant. <laughs> I think I know what I'd rather be there listening to, yeah. Sounds like some sort of, <laughs> sounds like some sort of like, Real weird, dirty movie for accountants. So. <laughs> Come on, Tim. I'm oh, oh, uh, sorry, I had to go there. Andrew, have you got another thing? <laughs> another thing for this week? You know what? Um, I don't think I've got anything this week. It's I, I'm I'm over the log the dreaded logie, which is nice. So I'm just looking forward to mm. um, just being well this week. So I think I think nice. if I'm going to say anything about this week, just be well. Look after yourself. It's we work sometimes we work way too hard, and then our bodies just pay us back for that. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to just having a good, healthy week ahead. Being healthy, yeah. Andrew. That's good. Love it. All right. Yeah, well, try to. I mean, as healthy as I can be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a, a yeah, as you sip your whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> a whiskey a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah, yeah. One, one bottle of whiskey, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not specified. Just whatever one means to you is fine. It works for the Scots. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so thank you to our guests, Andrew Vanderbeek. Thank you. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast today. It's good to have you. We'll see you, uh, I guess, at the Accounting Business Expo. And I, I just want to yeah. uh, reiterate your last name there, Vanderbeek. Yep. Bear with us. Um, it's meant to play. I guess it decided didn't want to today. We, we were going to play the theme to Dawson's Creek to stitch you up, but it didn't play. I can, I can leave you with a tidbit there. <laughs> Go for so it. So the tidbit is... The, the name Vanderbeek means of the creek or of the little river. Oh. Dawson's Creek, the guy that played in Dawson's Creek, James Vanderbeek. James was Dawson. So really, we've got James of the creek, which is Dawson's Creek. There's an inception for you. Yeah, that is an inception for us. How good is yeah. that? I like it. I like it. That's weird that it, yep. his real life name tied back to the show. So you're a big, you're a big fan then. Um, uh, <laughs> never watched it, but I learned that. <laughs> That's awesome. Someone else has obviously used this reference on you in, a, uh, in another Yes, setting. they definitely have. <laughs> <laughs> there oh, we there go, we we're go. in. <laughs> oh, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> so we'll just, uh, we'll leave everyone with this today. Just a nice soothing ending, sipping your whiskey, I hope everyone yeah. listening to the theme. Thinking of Excellent. Vanderbeek's everywhere. Well, guys, I look forward to seeing you in Sydney. Uh, for those sure. of you who are coming around, come and see me. Tap me on the shoulder. Uh, I'm at a handful of other events over the next six months as well, as well as heading yeah. over to the UK. So hopefully, I get to see a whole bunch of new faces, a whole bunch of different people, and um, yeah, have some really good conversations. I get to learn a lot, which is what I want. Yep, that's uh, it. Thanks, Andrew. It's been great having you on the show. You're you're a legend. Thanks, and, everybody. Uh, and we will uh, calculate. Calculate. Bye.